Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. The U.S. dollar has been struggling this week against the euro, sterling, and Swiss franc, but it has fared better against the yen and commodity-linked currencies. And undermining the outlook for the big dollar has been the notable tilt in the stance of the Federal Reserve. So, what's the outlook now for the U.S. dollar? What about the Japanese yen? Should investors stay away from the Japanese yen as the currency continues to see a decline? And what about our local currency. What can we expect from the Sing dollar as it awaits the next MAS policy decision? Well, joining us today to tell us what is happening in the Forex market is Philip Wee, who is a senior FX strategist at DBS. Hi, Philip. Welcome back to the show. Always happy to be back on your show. Always happy to have you on, Philip. Well, you know, Philip, with investors, you know, their eyes are on the high impact data releases, inflation, interest rates, and now the Israel Hamas conflict. How are Forex markets faring at the moment? Are you seeing an increased volatility with so much uncertainty going on in the financial environment? Not so much. I think the investors are treating this conflict as a blessing in disguise. Okay. Hoping that it's going to provide some relief from that relentless surge in the U.S. bond yields and dollar strength mm-hmm. that we saw in the past two months. However, you know, this is not the Yom Kippur war okay. that led to the first oil shock in the mid-70s. Back then, it, it really wasn't the disruption of the oil supply, but it's the Arab oil embargo on the U.S. Mm. That, that lifted the oil prices. Mm-hmm. Um, after we saw the knee jerk spike on Monday, uh, oil prices are now drifting back to last Friday's lows. Mm. U.S. stocks also have been doing quite well every day, mm. you know, from Monday to Wednesday. So I guess we we have already gone through the Russian invasion of Ukraine last year. Okay. So I think markets are just taking this uh, crisis in stride for now. Okay, I see. I see. And now I want to focus in on the U.S. dollar here. It looks like the dollar did broadly earlier this week ahead of the central bank's policy meeting minutes as a slew of Fed officials have signaled in recent days that the U.S. central bank may not need to tighten monetary policy much further than initially thought. Now that the minutes have been released earlier this morning, how has the dollar reacted? Mm, actually, the dollar peaked around 107. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was our target, you know, but you know, the midpoint of the range that we are looking for this quarter, mm-hmm. uh, southern month. So it's now about 105.7, mm. you know, together with the lower bond yields. Mm. So I think the downside is limited, you know, so for both DXY and the bond yields. Mm-hmm. You know, after the FOMC minutes, uh, you know, it has a very strong message uh, mm. that interest rates should stay high until the Fed is convinced about you know, uh, achieving its goal to get inflation back to 2%. Mm-hmm. So the XY is also very close to the 105.3 mm-hmm. level that we saw, you know, that it rose from after the September FOMC. Mm-hmm. So the 10-year yield has more or less given back about half its post-FOMC rise. You know, so more importantly, I think... Uh, you know, I think for myself, I'm focusing pretty much on the U.S. data. Mm-hmm. So they have been surprisingly strong. The markets may have brushed away the non-farm payrolls, but you know they were exceptional at 336,000. Right. And all those sub-200k numbers, you know, were sort of revised away, and you're left with only the June sub-200k level. And yes, this PPI was also stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not fall. So I'm not surprised if tonight's CPI, you know, comes in higher as well. Mm. So that should set the tone for the PC deflated two weeks away. 
Then, you know, um, so Fed is data dependent. So it's looking at totality of data. So U.S. advanced GDP is also coming out before FOMC meeting. Right. So if you look at Atlanta Fed, you know, you're looking at, if it's correct, it's, uh, it's about 5% quarter-on-quarter annualized growth mm-hmm. for that quarter. That's coming after four quarters of slowing growth from 27 to 2.1%. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, our, our house, we're not looking for a hike. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we cannot rule out, you know, the Fed, you know, uh, following through on that hike that it penciled in the dot plot in September. Okay, so, you know, it looks like, though, a gauge of the dollar is set for the longest run of losses in over three years, and that's leaving analysts debating whether the greenback's rally has finally come to an end. So, Philip, what's your outlook on the U.S. dollar going forward? Well, they were so sure it was going to drop in July. Mm. You know, so yeah. back then, uh, I was hanging on to my horses. <laughs> uh, I decided that, you know, the markets were too, I think, carried away with trying to tell the Fed what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, on the other hand, I was listening, you know, to the Fed on what it wants to do. Mm. And I think the, you know, the key thing that hit me was that for three times, they have been pushing this high for longer. Mm. So they must be really serious about it. I think... That's sort of uh, the reason why the market was playing catch-up you know, okay. uh, in the rally. But uh, my forecast is at the moment for DXY to be the 105, 110 range. Mm. Within this basket, I feel that the Europeans are just too expensive. Oh. For one simple reason, yen, CAD and many of the emerging Asian currencies, they are back at last year's weakest levels. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you look at, you know, if you compare, Euro and Swiss are still about 10% above their 2020 lows. Mm-hmm. Sterling is even more so at 15%. Mm. You know, so, and if you look at the responses you know, uh, of currencies to central banks' decisions, mm. I also can't see how the euro can avoid you know, uh, a sell-off from the ECB's first pause you know, that's coming two weeks from now. Right, okay, okay. I also want to turn our attention here to the Japanese yen as well. If we take a look at the Japanese yen, it's barreling towards its you know, weakest level in more than 30 years. In fact, it's dropped almost 12% so far this year and it's underperforming all of its group of 10 peers plus most emerging market currencies and it's been stalling this month near 149 versus the greenback after briefly weakening to 150 which is the worst in a year. Philip, what's leading to this decline? Yeah, I was just telling a client earlier this week that yeah. I can't believe that you know the yen is sort of back where when I started my career. <laughs> you know, so How was it faring then? Uh, so I mean, and and I am watching the Romi P and yeah. the yen, uh, you know, in terms of the levels uh, and and how that will filter through in the region as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the story for um, the yen was very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much a policy divergence mm. where um, you know BOJ is still very slow or mm. rather too patient right. in terms of normalizing its uh, policy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this morning, I mean, we just had the BOJ board member, Noguchi, mm-hmm. verifying that, you know, uh, BOJ actually didn't tighten policy yeah. when it raised the cap, you know, for the mm-hmm. 10-year yield to 1% from half a percent mm-hmm. in July. So if you look back, you know, sometimes in hindsight, you know, they it probably anticipated this latest surge in bond yields mm-hmm. by the U.S., so in that sense, you know, uh, BOJ is recognizing that the global interest rate environment has risen and is looking to stay high mm-hmm. for some time. So this landscape, you know, uh, really poses a tough challenge for the BOJ. Mm-hmm. 
okay. to maintain the U curve uh, uh, framework, mm. uh, U curve control framework, and of course, uh, you know, uh, the negative interest rate, mm. you know, without more policy flexibility, la. Mm. So it's a sort of typical impossible uh, Trinity kind of dilemma. Mm. So sometimes I wonder if the BOJ needs to be more flexible about its wage growth criteria you know, right. when, it, when it comes to normalizing its uh, monetary policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, some top yen forecasters, they are expecting the yen to slide to as weak as 155 against the U.S. dollar in the first quarter of next year. And that's because, you know, Japanese policymakers are insisting on keeping their policy loose. So do you see a further downside for the yen as well? Um, well, my forecast is for a 150 to 155 range. Mm. Uh, for now, so like everyone else, uh, we will be watchful for interventions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of the level, you know, and and they've been very clear about curbing against volatility. Mm-hmm. There are other things that uh, we're approaching the year end. Mm. So will they surprise again with another policy tweak like last December? Mm. And uh, then the dollar bears, I think the dollar yen, you know, also could fall if the stock, if the Fed, you know, are firmly signals that it is done with hikes. Mm. So it's still, I think, a, a tricky period for most of us who are, who are watching the yen. Mm. I mean, investors, they have long sought the safety of the Japanese yen when times get tough, right? And it's considered a safe haven because they have strong liquidity, relatively low inflation and stable political systems. But with this continuous decline, should investors stay away from the Japanese yen? It's really up to their risk appetite. Mm. So investors and borrowers, I think they have found it uh, challenging to deal with the yen uh, volatility. Okay. Okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, you know, uh, when the yen was this week, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we had people who, you know, who had dollar loans and they're worried about, you know, uh, U.S. interest rates keep rising and the yeah. dollar keeps getting stronger. So they switched into yen loans thinking that, you know, uh, you know they, they can cheapen their borrowing costs. Uh. Mm-hmm. However, they were caught wrong-footed because the dollar plunged in November, January mm-hmm. and the BOJ surprised tweak in December. So dollar-yen fell from 150 to 127 during this period. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, so, so the foreign investors who bought Japanese stocks, you know, so if you look at it today, uh, you know, Nikkei is up 26% year to date, but that's in yen terms. Yeah. So after you, you know, uh, accounting for the translation loss from the yen, you know, uh, you're left with about 12% gains in dollar terms. Mm. So mm. so you do have to manage, mm. you know, figure out how you're going to manage. So if you're investing in stocks, you know, you probably want to hedge it. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I also now want to talk about the Singapore dollar. It looks like the Sing dollar, though, has held up fairly well against the stronger greenback this year. And even after a 2% decline since end December, the currency has stayed near top of the pack here in Asia. But... It looks like some people are now saying that its resilience may soon be tested and many analysts are expecting the Sing dollar to underperform its Asian counterparts in the coming months. Philip, what's your outlook on the Sing dollar? I think those people must be latecomers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, I had, uh, you know, I have been looking for dollar Sing mm-hmm. to push above 135, mm. you know, so I've been meeting a lot of skepticism. Mm. Um, so... In any case, I have a forecast of 136 to 139, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, this sort of three to six months. Mm. But that's pretty much in line with the DXY uh, 105, 110 
forecast range. Uh. Mm. So I think for Sing to underperform uh, going forward, I think uh, a couple of things I worry about. Mm. Uh, one is that, you know, can the global growth outlook, you know, deteriorate suddenly, just like mm-hmm. what you saw during COVID, you know, and push the, you know, Sing near from the, right now at the top of the band, you know, towards uh, somewhere the mid or even the weaker side. Mm. And uh, then I think when it comes to the basket performance, um, you know, I think most people have to re- remember that Singnia is really about singing against the, the basket currency. Mm. You know, so when the you know so when it's rising, you know, so you shouldn't be surprised to see you know sing mm. at record highs, you know, against uh, quite a few currencies, la. So in any case, um, at this point, based on the model uh, that we have. Mm. So um, it's looking. I'm looking to you know to keep the forecast in the sort of um, the lower half of the dollar sink mm. band. So that's where the one thirty six, one thirty nine, you know, mm. came in. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. But you know what? The one thing that the currency has had going in its favor this year is the monetary authority of Singapore's exchange rate policy stance. I mean, Philip, we're expecting the MAS to make its decision due tomorrow. What's what are you expecting? Well, pretty much the same as they did in April. Standing you know, path? The, yeah, keeping yeah. the slope midpoint, mm. you know, the width of the senior dollar uh, policy band unchanged. Mm. So okay. I think the key thing is for me is that, okay, let's try to relate what we are seeing on the global monetary mm. policy landscape. So as of now, uh, the senior is in the strongest quarter of the policy band. Mm. So to me, uh, this signals that MS policy has not shifted, like they said, mm-hmm. from you know away from controlling inflation towards supporting growth. Mm. You know, so pretty much in line with what IMF is telling all the central banks to do as well. Right. Okay, then uh, the other thing is that uh, by keeping the the policy band's uh, precision pace, it's currently quite strong at three percent a year. Mm. That's my model. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so this tells me that you know uh, Singapore's monetary policy stance. It's aligned with the uh, with the global high for longer rate mm-hmm. highs as well. Okay, okay. So how do you see the Singapore dollar reacting to MAS's decision if they do decide to stand pat? Will the Sing dollar benefit largely from it or will there not be as big of an impact? Okay, well, dollar Sing surprise ticker. Mm-hmm. You know, after the pause in April, right? So dollar Sing has been moving very closely. In fact, I think this year is one of the closest correlation with the DXY mm-hmm. up and down, you know, with the dollar index. Mm. So, assuming that we don't get any surprise, you know, mm-hmm. tightening tomorrow, for example, you know, they decide whether they decide to have an insurance uh, recentering higher again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so assuming that doesn't happen, then uh, dollar things should be limited to mm-hmm. about 136 around here. For one simple reason, I raised, uh, cited earlier that we are, you know, at the uh, strongest quarter. Mm-hmm. Actually, we are only about 0.2% away from the top of the policy. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, we only have a minute left here. Philip, very quickly, what else should investors be looking out for in the next couple of weeks that could move Forex markets then? Okay, I'm just going to share that I'm paying attention to upside surprises in U.S. data. Mm. So, you know, I've already mentioned U.S. CPI, mm. you know, uh, PSCT data, U.S. GDP. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, like it or not, Fed is data dependent. Mm-hmm. So if all the numbers are going to be strong, then uh, we cannot rule out a hike mm. at the same time when the ECB is supposed to deliver its first pause. Mm-hmm. 
So um, euro is the biggest component of DXY, and so if it weakens DXY, will go up. Dollar things should go up. Mm. So you know, so I'm you know, so I'm telling myself again, <laughs> uh, you know, not to be sucked in, you know, to <laughs> market trying to tell mm. the Fed what to do. So okay. I'm just following, taking my cues from the Fed. I see. I see. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Philip. Thanks, Hombin. Thank you. Good to have you on. We've been speaking to Philip Wee, who's a senior FX strategist at DBS. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money and the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.